The 2022 Houston Rodeo came to a close yesterday, and from all accounts, it seemed to be a great success. You would never have known there was a two-year hiatus. It was full-capacity crowds, rowdy concert scenes, everything that you've come to expect from the Houston Rodeo. Today, I'm sitting down with CityCast contributor Evan Mintz, along with senior producer Dina Kispa, and I'm going to ask them both, as a transplant myself, about the history of the rodeo, what its roots are, and just how Houston it actually is. It's Monday, March 21st, 2022. In for Lisa Gray, my name is Farrell Gibbs, and this is CityCast Houston. Evan, Dina, thank you all for talking to me. Yeah, excited to be here. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, what was your first experiences at the rodeo, you two? Gosh, I can barely even remember. I think it's just being little and, like, walking around and, like, seeing all the animals. I must have been, like, five or six or seven or something like that. Although my uh, my parents like to tell this story uh, when my dad's parents, who were from New York, first came down to Houston uh, when my parents got married and they went to the rodeo. Uh, and this was back when, you know, it was the Astrodome and they had left the rodeo after seeing all the sights and eating all the food and they couldn't find their car in the massive sprawling parking lot. <laughs> they had forgotten where they parked their car and they kept walking and every person who crossed them would just go, Audi, 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 uh, until every single other car had left and they finally found their car. And that just felt like a very wow. Houston experience. <laughs> Sounds like a very rodeo experience, too, because of the different parking lots oh, yeah. and how insane it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I mean, my my memory is like when I was in middle school and it was kind of like a, a little family outing with family friends. And you know, my parents are immigrants. They're Palestinian. They don't know anything about a rodeo. So they're like, let's go check it out, you know. And we went. And for us, it was like, oh, so... You know, we live in a city where there's a bunch of cowboys around. There's a bunch of horses. We got excited with all the cattle. And I remember we we were the people that bought cowboy hats. <laughs> <laughs> and mine was like um, the shape of like the, the colors of the cow, black and white. And we were all so excited to run around with our cowboy hats because it was just something so different for us. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. It was really fun. Oh, yeah, like the rodeo is fun. Uh, it's exciting. Uh, and it does good work too. It provides lots of important scholarships for kids. Uh, but, but there's something important about the rodeo that we need to talk about. Yeah. Um, I, I could tell there was a, but coming mm-hmm. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rodeo is a lie. Sorry. Like the rodeo is a lie. Damn. It's a big lie. Wow. <laughs> Just burst in every kid's yeah. bubble. No, like people come from all around and they come to Houston and they see all these like cows and horses and this and that. Mm-hmm. Like, Houston has never been, a cow town like we didn't have cowboys there weren't stockyards like like there were in fort worth like we weren't a cattle city like we were a port city like that's why houston was founded to to do shipping it's where 17 railroads met the sea it's the place furthest inland you could get where a ship could go up the bayou and then turn around and then turn back like, that's why Houston's here. It wasn't because of, like, the cattle and the farmers and the ranchers. 
Like, if you look at like the city seal, there's there's a train on it. Like it's not it's not a cowboy. This isn't the West. This is a Gulf Coast city, uh, and I think that's something that folks either don't know uh, because the city keeps growing and people keep moving here, and they just like there's no sense of the city's history. Uh, or on the other hand, like people know, but they don't want to talk about it because like the rodeo is important to the city's culture and economy, which basically is like why it was founded in the first place. So walk us through it. Break it down. All right. Well, so the livestock show and rodeo, like as it starts now, was founded in 1932, which in the grand scheme of like Houston history, as people see, it's pretty old. Like Houston's a relatively new city, uh, but it was founded in 1932, with the purpose of inspiring better animal husbandry and to encourage local meatpacking. And it happened at the uh, big uh, hall that was built for the 1928 Democratic Party convention that was here in Houston. And when they first had it, like a cold front came through. And you know how that's like it's 81 day and it's like 40 the next day. And they had to build a big bonfire in the middle of it. But there's this quote uh, from David McCombs, Houston, the Bayou City, that I keep coming back to. And I'm, I'm going to read it right now. With some help from the University of Houston's Frontier Fiesta in the 1940s and 1950s, the Fat Stock Show has probably done more than anything else to convince Houstonians that they possess a Western cowboy heritage. There exists little in Houston's past, however, to support such a belief. And it's just true. You go back through our city's history, like we're not... Westerners. That was that was a creation to make us feel cool and build into this national ethos. And you have people who keep coming here from Maryland or California or wherever, and they think I'm a Texan now. I've got to get my guns and my boots and my hat, and I'm going to ride around on a horse. I was like, no, 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 no. That's that's not real Houston. If you want to be a real Houstonian, like go, like go walk along the bio, like go do some cotton trading. Like that is why Houston was founded. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's hard because I feel like being a kid of an immigrant parent, most, you know, immigrants, they kind of try to figure out what is this place that they move to. And with the way the marketing for the rodeo is and how it's in your face, like everywhere you go, everywhere you drive, there's this assumption that this is representative of like the Houston culture of what city you just landed in. Mm-hmm. But it's it's the city Houston wants to be. It's like the image we want to present to the world. It's, you know, the the astronaut with the cowboy hat on. But Houston yeah. is always reinventing ourselves. Like, look at the Astros, named after astronauts. It was founded in, a, in 1965 when we were first getting NASA and all this cool stuff was happening here. But what was it called before that? What was our baseball team called before they were Astros? They were the Colt 45s. We used to be known for one thing or we actively presented ourselves as one thing. Then we decided, no, no, no. We want to be something different now. We want to be the Astros. We don't want to be guns anymore. And now you kind of see the sliding back where people like really want to embrace that sense of like the wild West with their hats and belt buckles. And I think there's a real like political thread to it too, uh, that like you want to be viewed as like the South and we're not like the rest of the country and we're different, but like really we have more in common with port cities like New Orleans or Los Angeles or New York or anywhere else where like that's why the city exists to be able to ship things from around the world. And in fact, if you look at our city's history before we even had the rodeo, the big festival celebration we had was about the port, was about shipping. And so what was that? So if you look at this like original 
history of Houston celebration, which is called Natsuo, Houston spelled backwards. It, it was celebrated mm-hmm. in Houston from 1899 through 1914. It was very much like a Houston version of Mardi Gras. And the king was called King Natak, which is cotton <laughs> spelled backwards. And then uh, when they had their, their big uh, like penultimate celebration in 1914 was to commemorate the digging of the Houston ship channel. Like that was the biggest thing in Houston history. And it still pretty much is. But we don't have big celebrations today about like how great the ship channel is. Mostly it's complaining that there's like pollutants in the water uh, or that yeah. like, you know, shipping there is all clogged up. And now like we can't, you know, get the things we need uh, shipped in from China or wherever. But like there isn't a celebration of the port today like there was a hundred years ago. So when they would have like pranksters going around the city to celebrate and they'd put floats like down the bayou to have these big celebrations and string up lights everywhere. It was a huge, incredible thing. As someone who was born and raised in Houston, this is like the first time I'm hearing about it. Yeah. About that mm-hmm. port festival. I'm I'm so curious about like, like who stands to even gain from this idea that Houston is like this Western place. I mean, Houston gains from it because it's like cool and popular. You see this rise in like the Texas mythos and the Western mythos through the middle of the 20th century with Davy Crockett and cowboy and Indian shows. Like there's no shows about like barge captains, you know, there's no (laughs) even today, like in the middle of our great like shipping container revolution, there's like no big mythos around like the brave uh, ship captains and dock workers who make sure that our supply chains are functioning properly. Like there's mm-hmm. been, uh, there's no TV show about that. No big like costumes around that, but there sure are around cowboys. And there's a real mythos around that, about the men in the white hats, fighting the guys in the black hats and standing up for all that's right and just. So the rodeo is beloved mm-hmm. and an institution from what I gather. <laughs> you come right out of the, gate and call it a lie, which is, you know, <laughs> shocking and just, you know, rattling. I mean, I'm complaining about this rodeo thing, but clearly like a little bit, it's, it's tongue in cheek. Like, the rodeo is great. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have to be a zero sum game. We can have the rodeo and also bring back the Natsuo celebration to commemorate our incredible port. We can do all of that. Our state is big. Like we, we contain multitudes because we keep growing and growing so quickly, you don't really have the same sense of roots you do in older cities. There aren't a lot of people to stand around and be like, well, it wasn't like that when my parents were here or my grandparents were here. They just kind of show up like Dina's family. They're like, this seems great. I want a cowboy hat. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something actually really noble in this idea of like cowboy culture is something that's open to everyone, that anyone can go to the rodeo. Anyone can put on their hat and cowboy boots and like be a part of it. Like, that's really great. Yeah. You know, I come from a small place and in Houston, everyone seems very kind and accepting. I remember when Lisa first brought me into the Houston Chronicle, how surprising it was that a lot of the reporters there were not, not even from Houston, but not, were not from Texas. Mm -hmm. That's so true. People, I think, need myths. Like they need stories to help them understand, uh, where it is they come from and like elevate certain values. I think there's this interesting intersection between the invention of the rodeo and the invention of say the Alamo um, as this thing where it's actual like historic uh, facts are something that don't always overlap perfectly 
with the mythological narrative that we assign to it. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, history is an invention, but you want to make sure that it's being used towards good ends. Well, so what would a Houston rodeo that was representative of our area look like? I guess it was the one that you were talking about earlier, right? Well, you know, sometimes every now and then you see these moments of like the real Houston poking through uh, at the rodeo. Like a few years ago, there's an article in the Houston Chronicle describing how there is a like massive buy-up of these like special Brahmin cattle that uh, Texans grow well here or breed well here because they survive in the heat and the humidity and they're immune to a lot of like mosquito-borne diseases and how uh, farmers and ranchers in India were buying all these cattle and they're being shipped onto uh, like these big cargo containers in the, in the port of Houston so they could be moved halfway around the world where they could be raised there. Wow. And like that just feels <laughs> like a super Houston take on the rodeo that it's international. Like we have this kind of expertise, thanks to a lot of our investments in higher education, Texas A&M critically, uh, to make us really good at this kind of stuff. I mean, that's what the original rodeo was about, to promote industry and commerce um, and not just like the cultural aspect of it. And whenever you get a glimpse of that side of the rodeo, I think like that's the real Houston. There are these moments when the trail riders come in and they camp at uh, Memorial Park. And you've got this bio going through Memorial Park, uh, Buffalo Bio. And I feel like that juxtaposition right there, like that's the, the pure intersection of Houston. We are this nexus of everything. And, and I think that's why you know, all of our best celebrations are about that, that the rodeo isn't about keeping people out. It's about bringing folks into all of this. It's about uh, the world meeting itself. 17 railroads meet the sea, most diverse city, Know, in America, like that's Houston. And when yeah. rodeo like leans into that, that's when we're at our best. Well, y'all, thank you very much for talking to me today. I feel very informed about how global Houston is. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Farrell. Yeah, I'd love to talk about this stuff. Well, before we go, let me tell y'all a few more things that happened around Houston this weekend. There was a rush of Houston sporting news that flooded in right before the weekend. First, Carlos Correa, who everyone here hoped would re-sign with the Astros, went on to ink a deal with the Minnesota Twins. That blockbuster deal will be three years, $105.3 million for the shortstop. Also, after what the organization called an extensive investigation into his past sexual misconduct allegations, former Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson ended up with the Cleveland Browns. They acquired him for $230 million guaranteed, which was a five-year contract and the most guaranteed money ever for a single contract in the NFL. And finally, speaking of lots and lots of money, Mattress Mac McInville did in fact get in a late bet last week, round one of the NCAA tournament. Mac put an even million on the tournament being won by any team from the East region. He had a couple of Texas teams in his grouping, most notably Baylor and Texas. But Baylor, a number one seed, already fell to eighth seed North Carolina on Saturday. And Kentucky, who was also in the East group, they fell in a stunning upset to St. Peter's. If one of McInvale's other remaining teams should hit, Houston's most recognizable furniture store titan stands to win 
$2.6 million. Well, that is it for our show today. Thank you all for joining in. Thanks to Dina Kispa and to Evan Mintz. Also, visit our website. That's houston.citycast.fm. Sign up for our podcast and sign up for the newsletter. Thank you all for joining us. Lisa Gray will be back in tomorrow. Talk to you then. I'm throwing it to myself, yeah. That was all straight out of my brain. Okay.